Porcius Kale, founded in 136 BC by Roman general Decimus Junius Brutus Calatius, was once a bustling port town located at the mouth of the Douro River. During the decline of the Roman Empire, the town and surrounding territory were taken by the Suebi, who failed to keep the same level of commercial success in the town that the Romans had achieved. In the year 584, the Visigoths laid claim to the area, and the town became known as Porchicale. Several changes of rulers later, the territory expanded to become a country on the Iberian Peninsula, still bearing the Roman port town-inspired name. The name underwent a couple more minor changes before finalizing sometime in the 11th or 12th century as Portugal. Nine or ten centuries later, in the year 2004, a ragtag rock band from Alaska named themselves Portugal, The Man. Quote, A country is a group of people, guitar player and vocalist John Gourley explains. With Portugal, it ended up just being the first country that came to mind. The band's name is Portugal. The period is stating that, and The Man states that it's just one person. Throughout the 2000s, the group established a strong following as independent artists, but in 2017, their career took an exciting new direction by way of finally landing a single on the Billboard Hot 100. The single, released in early 2017 for their eighth studio album, Woodstock, was a sleeper hit, taking eight months to reach its height at the number four spot on the Hot 100. The song also hit the top ten in Australia, Belgium, Canada, France, Germany, Ireland, New Zealand, Norway, Portugal, Slovenia, Spain, Switzerland, the United Kingdoms as well, and topped the charts in Mexico and Russia. The unprecedented success of the single took the band all the way to the 60th annual Grammy Awards, where it won for Best Pop Duo slash Group Performance. The secret to the song's success? Blatantly lifting the melody from the Marvelettes 1961 hit, Please, Mr. Postman. Originally, the melody had been put in the chorus as a placeholder, but the band ended up keeping it in, with the nostalgia for... Let's try it again. Originally, the melody had been put in the chorus as a placeholder, but the band ended up keeping it in, with the nostalgia for that music being both personal for Gourley and thematically appropriate for the nostalgia-tinged lyrics of the song itself, which calls out the years 1966 and 1986. That's right, we're talking Feel It Still by Portugal, the man on Cover Me. That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that compares famous songs to their many cover versions to find out which one is coming. I'm your host, as always, The Snake, joined by my little baby co-host... Alex Mildenberger. <laughs> Alex Mildenberger. Mildenberger. How, you, how you doing? Um, ah. uh, things are going all right. Things are going all right. Um, we have COVID in the house, but it's ooh, not... Ooh. It's not... A f- it hasn't, uh, hasn't hit me. Hopefully... Uh, it doesn't. You, you can sequester yourself to your wing of the house. Though, I mostly so have, which is to say, I didn't change anything. But yeah, <laughs> I've changed no habits, and I expect good results. Yes, I mean, yeah. If you just get a hot plate up in there, you probably don't have to leave. Yeah, and like maybe a mini fridge. Yeah, mini fridge. Much, I need hot and I need cold. Yeah, that's it. You just need the hot and cold, and you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. But Alex, how's that theremin going in all this? Oh. Let's talk about that for a fair minute. Um, hey, <laughs> uh, I'm still I'm still uh, varnishing. Was I varnishing last time? I think I would always mention that. Constantly varnishing. Um, I only have one surface left to varnish, okay. but I have to do two coats. So I have to like do it, let it dry, do another. So you know, it's going to take like a little while. In that, I just can't like do it in the same day. But uh, I'll probably get a coat on this weekend, and then hopefully another one sometime this week. And then uh, I have to put everything together. 
hell yeah we're we're seeing the final stretches yeah it's like it's coming it's coming together man there's just a few things left to do i and uh mostly putting it together though mostly putting it together yeah um alex what's a song that doesn't have theremin in it that you think would benefit from a little theremin in the oh mix? most songs honestly <laughs> i <laughs> no th- a theremin's cool because like i feel like any song with like a high violin or something can really benefit from like a theremin mm. version i mean it's an easy switch right uh right. anything kind of in the like high thin range um that's that's what i'm thinking of now and that's what i'm thinking of now now this is, I don't know if this counts as high violin, but you got me thinking of the string section from Call Me Maybe for some reason. You know that bah, sting, right? Bah, bah. Da, da, da. Would that be bah, a good theremin? Da, da. Uh? Um, I think it would be, actually, yeah. Uh, I, I, it might be difficult on the theremin only because maybe I'm just bad at it. But, nah, it probably wouldn't be that difficult. Yeah, and you can also kind of tune it down, like change the frequency range uh, mm. of the theremin by like tuning the circuits. So you could play a lower, okay. a lower sound for sure. Mm. I don't really you know what the ultimate that, range that is. That high be. string range. Um, but it, it can be good for low stuff too. Um, okay. In the like cello range, kind of. Cello. Cello. Um, you got a theremin. Yeah. That's good. Well, you can do some ELO maybe. ELO's got a lot of high string in it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Some, and, and also, you would give it like kind of a weird like electronic edge, you know? So yeah, yeah ELO would it definitely seems to be, be right in there. Would definitely be fitting. Hmm. Things to consider, folks, if yeah. you got a theremin at home. A little ELO, a little, uh, I always forget her name because I want to say Carly, Carly Rae Jepsen. Carly Rae Jepsen. She's Canadian, right? Isn't she? I think so. Hell yeah. Canadian treasure. Um, but we're not talking about Canadian treasures. We're talking about Alaskan treasures today, a band we've seen live in the flesh. Mm. The Canada of America, Alaska. The Canada of America, Alaska. <laughs> that is their slogan. It's weird when you drive over the border. <laughs> Welcome to the Canada of America. Hmm. Hmm. Alex, Portugal the Man. What Portugal are your thoughts and feelings on him? I like him. Some, yeah. Got some good tunes. I mean, we saw yeah. them. We did. In the flesh. Uh, live at the old McEwen Hall at the UFC. University Mac of Mac Hall, baby. Um, yeah, I like Portugal the Man. Um, I'm a little more into, like, in the mountain, in the clouds, and evil friends era. Okay. But I, I can I can I can do some some uh fuck. What's this album called? Woodstock. Woodstock. <laughs> yeah. You know. It's got some good stuff. This song I've heard a ton because it was like a hit. Yeah. It was oh, that's weird. rare for you because you usually don't even hear the hits. Yeah. Um and like it was weird like seeing my mom watch this being performed on Ellen. You know? That is weird. It was uh Yeah unusual for me yeah well especially with the we'll talk about what this song means in a minute but i feel like like it hit an audience that did the reverse of what i think the the thesis of this song is (laughs) um which is bizarre because yeah my parents also listened to it um and that was not great it's not (laughs) it's I, i don't usually have the trouble of my parents listening to the music i listen to but this was one i got into woodstock is the the portugal the man album i know and then I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to see Portugal the Man. And they're like, oh, yeah, a rebel just for kicks. Now I'm like, oh, <laughs> That said, not the best concert I've been to. Not the worst. Kind of middling. No, it was fine. It was fine. It was fine. 
There's some good moments. Uh, good moments. My, my problem is, and this is me, maybe this is just who I am, but I feel like when you go to their style of like rock and roll, I want them to talk to us a bit. But they did their whole like PowerPoint presentation. Right. I was like, we they don't just put no words on. The, yeah, they're like, like we don't know what to say. Back. We're bad at stage banner, so just look at our pretty background. So you didn't really get to see them for most of the show because it was like highlighting their their visuals. Yeah, it was a lot of lights and stuff, which was cool. Mm-hmm. At least at times. No, that yeah. was an interesting concert. I uh, talked to a guy. He was like, hey, man, is that like some kind of synth he specified, though, like on the stage? And I was like, no, I don't think so. I think it's this other kind of synth. And then he was like, no, it doesn't really. And then we like kind of disagreed and just like split apart. And then I realized, I was like, oh, shit, he said on the left side, not the right side. So we were just talking about different synthesizers. Different synths. Did you run back to find him? I was like, guy, guy, I figured out I fucked up. I couldn't remember the difference Sorry. between left and right. <laughs> Random guy at a concert. Could I'm not actually really dumb special. for that reason, for a different reason. That reminds me of that time we were at a show at I think Broken City, and I was like, see that bass? It's a it's a P bass. And I looked at it again, I was like, no, wait, that's a J bass. And this dude like turned around, he's like, it's both. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> that's those PJ basses. It's one of those, he's like, it's PJ, it's custom. I was like, fuck, okay, cool. <laughs> at least that's understandable, because you can like look at one part and be like, it's this. And then you look at another yeah. part and you're like, oh, it's actually this. Because it, it, it is true in both cases. It is true in, in both lights. So, yeah, As opposed to uh, wrong in, in both cases. And that's, I guess that's how men bond, is we go to concerts and identify instruments Identify, to each yeah, other. we just, just talk about gear, man. We're gear what kind heads. of gear you got? <sighs> These guys got some yeah. gear, let me tell you. They got guitars they got drums they got it all man i was trying to find a way to to transition to the next segment feel it still let's let's just dive into these lyrics alex yeah, let's, let's talk about the lyrics the song's about um, i'll tell you this listen to it casually this week before i took analysis took it like took it a deep analysis i was like this song is nonsense it's about nothing it does seem like that I, and i had no idea what it was about ahead of time but fortunately like the band have genius uh annotations that they have made yeah, did you find help. those helpful? A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, like, a little bit of hit and miss. A little bit of patting each other on the back. Yeah, some of it was like, just, like, them talking about shit. Or, like, mentioning yeah. something without really going into detail about something. But it, yeah. what it seems to be, to me, anyway, is, like, they've been together for a while as a band. Uh, they're getting, I say getting older, but they're, like, late 30s, early 40s, kind of you know yeah. passing into middle age um and they're just like talking about what that means and like having responsibilities but also being musicians kind of well yeah it's the basically they've got out of the the rat race or you know they're no longer in the in the lower classes so to speak and they have become fathers specifically Gourley, yeah. who who wrote this song and so it's about doing you know the things like fighting for causes being a rebel but having no skin in the game really because he right. he's not affected one way or the other because he's 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 managed to get out of that portion of his life yeah and and has other things to worry about so like can still kind of be or at least play as a rebel um mm-hmm. But and not insincerely, but um, with less. No, not risk insincerely, to but like just doing it because like he wants to, not necessarily because he has to. Yeah, his life doesn't depend on it, like yeah. it may used to have. 
Um, and then, yeah, it's, it's really about him kind of, cause the, the, the verses, at least the first two come off as such like a ADHD, like rambling, which he even <laughs> acknowledges in the final line here. So let's, let's just cut to the first verse. Can't keep my hands to myself. Think I'll dust them off, put them back up on the shelf in case my little baby girl is in need. Am I coming out of left field? So yeah, he's saying like he he's almost it's almost a stream of consciousness, but we're we're coming in at a weird random moment yeah. where he seems to be fidgety, and then he's just like telling us his immediate thoughts. He's like, "Is this? Am I making sense? Am I coming out of left field? Is like, am I all right?" Yeah, kind of saying like it's not in his nature to not do anything. Like he mm-hmm. can't completely um, ignore everything, but. Right now, he needs to, like, not, because he has other things to worry about. So other yeah. responsibilities. If that makes sense. I, I, exactly, yeah. He's like, I need to kind of, like, focus or be available. I can't just be busying my hands, because I have a child now. <laughs> yeah. They might need things from me. And then, like, very explicitly, I so said, like, like, is that, does, did you expect this to be like that? Is this, do you think this is strange, kind of? Yeah, and I guess, yeah, coming from the perspective of a rock and roll song, he's also like, is this what you expected here? Like, is this out of left field? I'm a dad. <laughs> yeah. It's dad rock now. By definition. So yeah, it's a, yeah, so it, basically the first verse is just kind of like a loose collection of his his current state of mind and current situation. Yeah, as a child, he feels fidgety and still like energetic, I guess, which is something we attributed with rebellion. A sense of energy, a sense of motion. Yeah. Um, come to the chorus. Ooh, ooh, I'm a rebel just for kicks now. I've been feeling it since 1966 now. Might be over now, but I feel it still. Ooh, I'm a rebel just for kicks now. Let me kick it like it's 1986 now. Might be over now, but I feel it still. Yeah, I was a little curious. Not 100% sure what the years are, other than I think 60s would be associated with uh, social upheaval and lots of like protesting. Yes, 1966, the year of the first LSD experiments. Ah. So that's one layer to this. Um, they talk about it in terms of you know, like rebellion, basically revolution. Yeah. Like what you're talking about. So the LSD experience, the Black Panthers were founded. Um, it's the Woodstock era. Right. The album's called Woodstock. True. So they're kind of so layering you got your all hippies that on in. there, and hippies are you know big in sort of rock and roll mythology. Hmm. So that's the 1966 reference. 1986, the Beastie Boys. And their hit single, Fight for Your Right to Party. Okay. So it's, it's kind of what I thought, I guess, which is like, not necessarily the delegitimizing, but like the rebellion is a little less like socially conscious in the second example in the 80s. Yeah. But, you know, that's not to say the Beastie Boys don't have their value. It's true. I guess I, I don't know much about the Beastie Boys. They're Jewish. Ah, oh, okay. Now it makes sense. That's, so they, they are an oppressed people. They always have been. Hopefully won't always be. Um, shout out to Jewish people. But uh, So yeah, I think let me kick it like 19... And again, they're talking about the right to party. So he's talking about both the balance of uh, 1966, you know, revolution, power to the people, for a cause. And then 1986, revolution, but for, the, for joy, for the sake of party. Fight for your right to party is was, of course, an ironic single when it was released. Right, I guess but, so. uh, but it, it resonated with the people and it's that, that idea of, of fighting for joy and pleasure. Like that's also worth fighting for. 
And since he is a rebel just for kicks, he wants to kick it like 1986. It's that's kind of I guess where his sensibility is at now. So his his definition of partying is perhaps the 1966 fighting for the people, power to the people, right on. So he's combining the two to be like this is a I'm doing it frivolously but for good causes. So it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both. Yeah. Okay. Combining the good parts about the past mm-hmm. and making something and better. Isn't that what the future should be all about? That is what it should be all about. And of course, he says both of these time periods are over, but I still feel the effects of them. I still feel the, the call to revolution and or maybe, you know, the LSD itself from 1966. I still feel the, the, my, you know, crazy party animal spirit of 1986. Yeah. Yeah. He's not uh, on the inside. hasn't really changed. It's just that his circumstances have changed. Exactly. And those circumstances expanded upon verse two, got another mouth to feed. Leave it with a babysitter. Mama, call the gravedigger. Gone with the fallen leaves. Am I coming out of left field? Yeah. Is he actually like it's talking about death now? We got death. Yeah, he's we basically got, death and this is he's talking about his kind of two calls here. One, the call to his child. And also the call to his his profession, his music, which, of course, feeds the child, but also keeps him away from the child. So that leave it with a babysitter, and then the next line's mama called the gravedigger. He says he's kind of dealing with, like, how much time does he have with his daughter? Like, he's right, he wants to use that time world. to the fullest, but not too much and not too little kind of thing. Yeah, it harkens to songs like Cats in the Cradle or uh, Forever Young by Bob Dylan. Where right. it's a it's a musician grappling with their relationship with their their new offspring. And how do you deal with that? From well, I mean, you know, a lot of rock and roll um, attitudes like "Dead by 27 or like "Don't care if I'll be alive later" or whatever. Yeah. So it's like Live now I am, young. and I have to deal with other responsibilities because it's the future now. Hmm. So is he coming out of left field on this one? I'd say no, because there's a kind of a long and storied history of rock and roll fathers writing songs about dealing with their perspective as a yeah. rock and roll father. Not super new. It happens, comes Not up. New. I mean, you gotta, you gotta write about what's happening around you, right? Yeah, you gotta write about what's happening around you. It's wild. Sorry, I'm just thinking, like, David Bowie has a song about his kid, but it's like a really early yeah. album. It's just so weird. Usually it's like a yeah. later one, right? Mm-hmm. And that one's a real, like, real different, because a lot of the other ones are like, I'm on the road, and I'm sorry, buddy. Please be young forever. Yeah. <laughs> and that one's like, welcome to the family. Here's some things we're going to do. I'm going to take you out. Don't, I don't want to fight other dads. Like, <laughs> we'll go get ice cream if <laughs> don't, you don't Don't make me home, fight but... anyone, please. Oh, yeah, please. Um, but you're going to be weird, because I'm weird, too. Here's some things I've bought for you. Like, it's really, like, uh, it's, it's very, well, like, it's quaint. Very, very sweet. It's very quaint. <laughs> A yeah. beautiful song, uh, but it's a real like I'm gonna be in your life is the, the, the like the key point of that one. Or a lot of the other ones are like I am so sorry I am not in your life. Yeah, it's less <laughs> like regret and more like Hey, this is a new thing that's happening to me. I, I don't know how it's gonna work because you know it's just starting. But fatherhood, interesting. Most are on the the absentee side. David Bowie took the I'm right here approach, and then in the middle we have. Portugal the man going, am I going to be there? Am I not going to be there? I don't know. Yeah. How much time am I going to be there for? Yeah, because I still got to be a rebel a little bit, but you know. Mm-hmm. Got priorities. 
So let's talk about this second course, Alex, which is slightly different from the first course. It is a little different. Um, basically, I, I've, been, I've been feeling it since 1966 now, he says. Um, he said, might have had your fill, but you feel it still. You can't leave it behind, even though you did stuff. doesn't change who you are. Yeah, I thought it was might have had your fill, but I feel it still. Oh, so be like, you're done, but I'm not done kind of thing. Yeah, I'm not done. You might be through, but I've just begun kind of thing but uh maybe it is you still feel it so you might have you might have you might think you're done is maybe the the sentiment but can't but who knows can't take the tiger out of the jungle yeah. or rather you can't take the jungle out of the tiger kind of thing and then he says let me kick it like it's 1986 now might be over now but i feel it still yeah that's what he said last time that's the same thing yeah. all right alex let's talk about verse three we could fight a war for peace Ooh, ooh i'm a rebel just for kicks now given to that easy living goodbye to my hopes and dreams start flipping for my enemies we could wait until the walls come down Ooh, i'm a rebel just for kicks now it's time to give a little to the kids in the middle but oh until it falls won't bother me yeah this has another feels like they're talking about like sitting back again Mm-hmm. but and i also did like I think when he says fight a war for peace, they mean that it's it's uh, futile, like it it's impossible, like you can't do that. I believe that's yeah. the intention. It's it's ironic. You can't yeah. fight a war for peace. They had a quote somewhere. Where they're like, "That's like saying you should fuck for virginity, bro." Does, doesn't fucking make doesn't sense. Make any sense? Although I I mean, fighting war for peace is probably much more open to debate. Uh, but what are you gonna do? Um, no, Alex, it's a yes or no question. Yes <laughs> or no question. Um, and then, you know, sit back and, and give yeah, basically, up, basically. He's, he's saying I could just become another, like, middle-class person now. He's like, I hit it. I've, I've got a kid now. I make some money. I could give into easy living, say goodbye to, you know, my hopes and dreams and things I wanted to do. And... This says it stop flipping for my enemies. I thought it was start flipping for my enemies. Mine says start. Okay, I'm looking at Google's lyrics now because apparently Genius has taken up a lot of my web page memory. So <laughs> yeah, it honestly could have caused your entire problem. Could have. So yeah, I'm trying. To I mean, what it. problem? This is seamless. Um, seamless editing. Um, yeah, if you guys notice things seem choppy, it's because my computer shit its pants. Uh, but yeah, so start flipping for my enemies. It's like, yeah, I could start being, you know, the man. I could start working for the government or, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, or at least like ignoring the problem mm-hmm. and like le- like letting it happen. Exactly. He could stop rebelling because now, like he said, he's a rebel just for kicks now. He's got no skin in the game. He's yeah. above the system. And just like watch other people do it. But at the same time, like, which is kind of what he's described. But I mean, based on the first line, this verse is like a bit sarcastic. Yeah. Because, like, he's not going to just sit back and watch? Mm hmm. Because he's still going to be a rebel. Yeah, he says, so the whole thing is, yeah, I'm be like, well, we could wait until the walls come down, referencing both, of course, the Berlin Wall, and this was during the Trump era of uh, build a wall. So he's like, we could wait for both these walls to come down. Um, and then he says, you know, it's time to give to the kids in the middle. I'm imagining kids in the middle of conflict. But he says, until it falls, it doesn't bother me. It's, it's not my problem. So he's taking a real, like, you know, kind of the everyday person mindset, or it's like, yeah, yeah, I could help with these things, but it's not until things actually happen. Yeah, not really his direct problem. Yeah, it's not my problem, not my issue. And that's that's my take on this verse. Yeah, that's verse three. 
That's verse three. We come to the bridge. Is it coming? 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 Is it coming back? Um, the sixties, man. The movement, basically. Yeah, the revolution. I just watched revolution. the movie Under Siege last night. Okay. Uh, Steven Steven Seagal classic, I believe, from the year nineteen ninety two. Uh, the the main antagonist in that. This is we. I did not expect to talk about this now, but it. <laughs> <laughs> so the antagonist in that is uh played by Tommy Lee Jones, and he's like this like deep military operative who kind of goes a little insane and takes over this battleship to to get access to the nuclear warheads on it. But he talks to uh he starts making his demands to the like these military heads, and he's like they talk about a movement or something. He's like that's the thing with the movement, man. By definition, it goes to a place and it stops. This is the revolution because it comes back. Uh, like <laughs> that, like like when he says revolution, he's talking about literally like spinning. Yeah, because it goes around. Okay, yeah, because it's it's cyclical, right? A revolution yeah. by that definition. So the, yeah. <laughs> that weirdly enough applies to this context of is it coming back? Is it coming back? It is if it's a revolution, baby. <laughs> If it's the revolution, yeah, I'd say it is. Um, and then we get another weird one, but I think maybe this ties into the uh, perspective, the sort of false identity he takes on in uh, verse three, coming in this next little verse right. or snippet here. Where he says, I'm a rebel just for kicks now. Your love is an abyss for my heart to eclipse now. Might be over now, but I feel it still. Whose love? Um, I thought that that was kind of referring to his uh, daughter again. Hmm. And then it would be like, yeah, obviously, like, you are my priority because that's what my life is. But I, you know, I still still feel the rebellion. Yeah, I would not, <laughs> this is me personally, I would not refer to love of a person I, I am committed to as an abyss. Yeah, I, I, I guess. Abyss well, bears a negative connotation. It does, it. it does. I guess the way I thought of it was just like, I like there's no way i could ever love you enough like there's no amount mm. of love i could give you that would be sufficient because but yet i i that seems to be what he claims his heart is going to do his heart is going to eclipse it it's going to try it's going to cover it yeah i don't know so do you I have, an, you have kinda, another i have another take another in thought? that in this person from from verse three who's given up their hopes and dreams for easy living and their sort of half-baked form of love where they're like, well, it's not my problem. Like, we should give to the kids in the middle, but until something changes, I don't right. fucking care. He's saying, your love is something that my love, essentially, my heart has to now overcome in the act of rebellion. Because, because yeah, they, they like, don't care or, or aren't showing it. Yeah, their, their form of love is, is malignant, as it were. It's not correct. It's... Uh, Sort of similar to loving the alien, or the twist at the end of the song is the way when you think you're loving the alien, you're not really doing that. He's saying the same thing here. What you think is love is an abyss. That it is my goal as a rebel to overcome, to to blot out. Yeah. Now I have to, to kind of replace that mm -hmm. in the world. To yeah, have to rewrite balance or whatever. Love. Yeah. So that's my take on it. Yeah. But you could be right in that. He's also saying like. Like, love is a big responsibility, and it does take a lot. It is an abyss. It's, you can't ever love something too much, right? But he's going to try. Yeah, if that's what it is, it's a bit of, like, a sharp turn back to something they had sort of left behind. Mm-hmm. As opposed to your interpretation, which is more tied into the actual verse that just happened. 
Yeah, and they didn't have, I'm not on the Genius page, but they didn't have an annotation for it, did they? No, they don't. Just the one about the Rebels Just for Kicks line where he says, it's the first line I wrote. Yeah. Um, unfortunate, because I feel like that one could use an annotation. Yeah. Because the other thing with Heart and Eclipse is you think a total eclipse of the heart. Of the heart, yeah. So I don't Which, know, vampires? Vampires? <laughs> Loving vampires? Loving vampires. Um, but yeah, that's the song. Everything after this is um, more of the same. Yes, just kind of an outro. Kind of an outro. It is an outro. Uh, so that's it. It's it's yeah the, it's the it's, so there's coming of age when you're like a teenager, kind of coming out on your own. This is like the second form of that. Yeah, it's like coming of middle age kind of thing. Coming of middle age. Yeah, that's what this song reads to me as. Yeah, but not like midlife crisis. Just like mm-hmm. changing of priorities, but not changing of who you are. Yeah, staying true to your 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 morals while yeah. you know and like maintaining adapting to your new integrity, I guess. Yeah. And Which that, I yeah, guess. I mean that's definitely a concern. I think going into middle age is like you don't want to abandon your um like beliefs and values. Oh yeah, because Especially that's because it's people, easy. Mm-hmm. And that's what people promise you. Like, oh, as you get older, you'll be more conservative. You'll be less this and that. Like it's. So this song sort of refutes that claim. It's like, no, I'm I may not need these to to rebel, but I am I'm still part of the movement. I'm still part of the cause. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in it for the love of the game, baby. Baby. Uh yes, yeah, so that's the song. That's its lyrics. Uh let's talk about the instrumentation, which is uh pretty simple. Oh, can we? Yeah. I guess I mean there's there's a fair amount going on at uh at times there's a few times. like elements uh, one I mean the first thing I think I would like to mention is not sure. the beginning of the song but you you brought it up before uh that they use the melody from Please Mr. Postman yes which I like read that and it took me a minute to figure out I know I was like no they which fucking part don't. it is <laughs> like how how well is it hidden but yeah I mean Ooh, I'm a rebel just for kicks now. Does sound like, Ooh, oh yeah, Mr. wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Like it, it yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it's, I it's, did not pick up on that at all. Yeah, it's strangely like well hidden. For, yeah. I I mean, it's like for the big the line of the song. Yeah. Even though it's not the title line. But it's still, yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, not obvious. Yeah, first listen. The songs don't ab- sound similar. No. The rest of the song. The rest of the song does not, but they have that same melody holding them down. So apparently when they did it, and they were like, okay, we'll keep it, they sent it to their lawyers like ahead of time. They're like, listen, this is Please Mr. Postman. Let us know if there's going to be any issues. Like, we're happy to pay royalty rights on it. Right. Just let us know if it's going to be a problem. They're like, ah, guys, it's fine. It's fine. Don't even worry about it. And then, like, as it came close to release some weeks later, the lawyers were like, you guys know this is just Please Mr. Postman, right? And they're like, yeah, we told you that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. Lawyers, man. Lawyers. Did do you know if they had to pay royalties or anything? I or? think maybe you like you have to, right? Yeah, I mean it's, they they admitted like yeah, this is we, it's public knowledge that they just used the same melody. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's I mean yeah, if you've got to pay for referencing Bob Dylan in uh, <laughs> the Hootie and the Blowfish song, like, yeah. Only want to be with you. That's the name of it. Then yeah, you gotta you gotta pay the Marvelettes what they're due. Yeah, or however. I mean, I don't know if it's still the Marvelettes around. estate. Yeah, whoever's got the rights. But 
the rest of but the song. What does the rest, the rest of the song, song sound like? Um, there's rounds, a few baby. things. I mean, the the bass intro, yeah, pretty distinctive. Like uh, I was talking to my roommates, the ones that weren't sick, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, as soon as like I brought up the song, and they were like, I I think I know Portugal the Man, but I don't know if I know that song. Like, and then you know you play it, and immediately it's yeah. like, oh yeah, yeah, because yeah. it was a pretty big hit. You know, people heard it. It's on the radio oh, it was for a massive. While. I was working at Calgary Stampede that year, and it was one of the like one of the songs they used for the Super Dogs performance, which was like right beside the tent I was working <laughs> yeah. in. So I'd hear like this sob story about a, a dog named Volcha who like lived in the Russian fucking slums for twenty years or whatever, and now can do backflips. And then I was like, and now feel it still. <laughs> Everybody loses their fucking mind with backflips. Yeah, but yeah. That's yeah, the it was intro. everywhere. We recognize that boom, 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 boom. Good baseline. Yeah, good, simple, catchy. That's really what this song kind of relies on. Of, yeah, and it has a few things that are like novel. I guess novel. Like it, it introduces more elements, but it has like different parts that are that have that catchiness. Yeah. Uh, which it's I like, think works. Uh, yeah, it's little small builds song. too. So you, the drums change up a little bit as the lyrics come in. Then we get some hand claps in after the first line, and mm-hmm. so it's a it's a subtle build up as we get to the the horns and uh, Mr. Postmanus of the chorus. Mr. Postmanus. <laughs> um, yes, vocals pretty high also. Very high. Want to mention that? That's all. Um, and you get these uh, weird, like I think it's people doing. It could be an instrument, but doing those, like oh, mm. those big, those big vocal punches. Yeah, I don't know if I noticed those. Oh, they're they're there, Alex. They're like little little accents. I think it's even how the song ends, isn't it? It ends with like, I can feel it still. Oh, oh yes, it does end like that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it does have that. Okay, so that happens throughout. I guess I missed it. Yeah, it happens. It's I mean, yeah. Um, but there's a lot of like layers too, like even on the like the uh, I, I don't know if it's a different person on the vocals. Now that I'm, this is in the chorus. Once we get to the yeah. chorus, though, um, and then it kind of like doubles up on the vocals. Um, yeah, but it's pretty quiet. Like there's a lot of stuff that is quiet. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also have like horns, which I th- yeah. think would be synthesizer, but I don't really know. That's what I expect. Yeah, I'm not sure. My expectation. Um, and they kind of have like some like sounds and stuff. There's a sound because the chorus is really just repeated, right? Uh, yeah. Repeat the line. So between that, there's like a a sound. It, it almost sounds like bubbles popping or possibly like hitting something yeah. dull. You can even hear about? that in the start with the bass intro. I don't know if it's just an effect on the bass, but there's like a like a bubbliness of some kind. Oh yeah, is that just the bass? Because yeah, the bass does have that kind of echo. Yeah. So it could just be that the bass has been echoed and you're getting that kind of, just the attack kind of echoed out. Yeah, that might actually be what that is. Just artifacts, man. Yeah, just artifacts. Audio artifacts. There's like some minimal guitar in the chorus that's just like... Like just very small elements that come in. And they're very happy and will constantly take away... Uh, instruments so like for the first line of the second verse we get basically an instrumental break and got another mouth to feed and then everything jumps back in yeah and there's that like sci-fi fast synthesizer thing yeah and more like ambient sweeps and stuff pretty common mm-hmm. in music these days 
Ambient synth sweeps. Ambient synth sweeps. We'll sure see some of those in oh, these yeah. covers. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, buddy. And again, like you said, it cuts out. It cuts out again at the end of the second verse. You know, a little drum roll into silence. Yeah. Get so back they, into the chorus. You're right in that they do layer in a lot of elements here, but it's one of those songs where it's very small elements. It's like here's a little extra thing, here's a little tiny thing on top. Yeah. So then by the end, like you've built quite a bit, but you didn't really necessarily notice it happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and that second verse is, I think, what, or is it the second chorus where we get that downward guitar pattern? That yeah, I think it first happens in the chorus. I was yeah. trying to listen and I kept getting distracted, but that was the first time I remember hearing it. Which yeah, is another, the- like I said, kind of the novel element, which is not even, I didn't realize it was, like, doesn't come in for a while. And it's not even that big a part of the song. But the that, like, walk down thing on guitar is a pretty significant part of this song yeah it is but it doesn't happen that much no it happens like two or three times maybe yeah, maybe i just i think it was a couple more at the end like during the outro but yeah i, might be I think thinking of that the moment. outro has a lot of yeah the like parts you remember yeah things come back um and of course the the third verse plays with these uh sort of whispery backup vocals yeah it's kind of like that also happens in the chorus before yeah. it but yeah it's like it's like a kind of digitized too so you get this yeah. harmony um other line saying like some of the the big you know rest on rebel just for kicks and the big lines mm-hmm. oh yeah that's exactly what it sounds like yeah uh, we could record this song easily um there's another part i should have i think it's after the the bridge the is it coming section which is of course another sort of breakdown section yeah yeah but after that loki at like 159 there's like like cartoonish laughter (laughs) hang on i gotta listen for that oh there is i don't know if that's actually laughter but it does kind of sound like it could just be like a synthesizer doing like yeah, it could... e- 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 e. <laughs> but it does sound like a witch laughing yeah it does it sounds like grunty from uh banjo kazooie yeah. and i mean you never know sometimes these things could just be in there that's that's true yeah um they're the right age yeah they, they they're prime for that i don't know how many vi- much video games they got up in alaska yeah how much they fly in uh not that they're from juno no they're so from uh what what's the while uh, starts with a W? Uh, starts with, yeah, it's like I should have wrote that down. Wasila, yeah, that's the one. Wasila, 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 Wasila. Anyway, um, and then this part we talked about it. They got the like kind of extended chorus for the last chorus, which yeah. I think is kind of cool because, like, we don't we haven't seen that sort of thing that much where you like add on to the beginning of the chorus. On the last repetition, you know? Right. Which is it's a cool move, uh, especially because, like, you're building, and, yeah, it makes sense that your last chorus would be bigger, and why why not add on to the beginning of the chorus? Yeah. In the last one. And you were talking about, I mean, the chorus doesn't have it so much, but the song kind of has a, a sense of, like, just dropping in on a thought. Yeah. So it's like, now we just add a little bit more to the beginning of that. <laughs> yeah, you just, you punch that, and, of course, the chorus, this is a two, it's it's under the 305. We're at 2 minutes 43 seconds. Yeah, it's under this the 3. Like, yeah, it's under the 3. This is a real, like, pop song by way of songs like Please Mr. Postman, which are 
you know, usually two minutes, 30 seconds, yeah, mostly yeah. chorus. Um, catchy as hell. That's what this one is. Yeah. And some of those early songs, I don't know exactly, but I think some of it is just because, like, the records couldn't oh, yeah, hold as much information in the early days that didn't make them as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, this plays into that it is, realm. It is a very popular. Chorus. Yeah. But then you do get a very distinct finish. Yeah, well, I think that as part of the song, like, the song can be kind of busy at times. Uh, mm-hmm. Although we talked, there's there's a simplicity to it, but, like, uh, the, a lot of the elements that are the busyness are, like, kind of quiet. And there's enough, like, novel things that you can latch onto. Mostly that bass line, but also the... You know? The walk, the guitar riff, that doesn't happen that much. That doesn't happen that much. You get the horns that support sort of that lower end. You know, there's not too much of anything in here. And you're right that it changes up enough that... When something comes back, you're like, oh, that thing's back. Oh, there's a new element. It, like, it stays interesting the whole 243. Yeah. Which is not a huge amount of time to stay interesting for, but it does it. No, so. but it does it. It knows when to leave is, is yeah. <laughs> an important thing. And that's what the song sounds like. But yeah, that's it. That's the song. But what does that's it look like? What does it look like? It looks like a music video. Let me tell you that. Now, Alex, this music video was initially released as an interactive. Uh, I didn't do concept. the interactive version. I did. Okay. Um, Can you like look video... around or just click on things? No. So it's it's done poorly. It's VR. I think, I oh, think okay. the idea is so you really have to just be wiggling your mouse over it at all times to see if something lights up, and then you click it. And then it'll be like, you know, it'll be like fucking educate children or something or like fund this thing. And then at the end of the video, you can take a look at all the links that you found. There's 30 links in there. Um, and the, the ones you click are like images loosely related to it. But it's like movements or, or revolutions or, yeah, uh, social or charities or causes or and like things you can do like to cause. be more environmentalist. Yeah, some of it's environmentalism, some of it is um, like social rights justice. movements, yeah, social justice. Uh, some of it's just like general political know-how, things like that, like, you know, contact your alderman about shit or whatever right. it is. So it, they, they called it your like re, their hashtag resist toolkit. Um, so I think the idea could have been done better if in the interactive version things were highlighted without me having to put in the manual movement so that <laughs> I know to click on things and your get the, the information. Yeah, I, I kind of, I didn't look, I saw that that existed, but I didn't actually look at it, and I thought maybe it would be like VR or something. Mm-hmm. VR music video where you could reach out and touch things. And cool. I think it plays into the, I think the idea of it, the interactive video and the idea of building this organization of rebellion plays into this song's sort of underlying theme of a mature rebellion. Being more mature, you know, you're a father now, uh, the rebellion is less, uh, you know, less immature. It's more organized. It's more about right. It's less like kids results. in a basement and more like actual organizations. Exactly. So I think that is a good take. I like that they did it, but uh, yeah, I think I think the the execution of it could be a little bit. Yeah, tough. yeah. It's like who's actually going to seek out that version of it, and then who's going to participate? Well, I imagine it was big in the time it was released. I suppose. But yeah, now it's sort of, and some of the links are dead on, uh, like, but also, like, how many people are doing it on a desktop versus, like, on a phone, right? Like, how does it work? Yeah, exactly, right? (laughs) Sounds like it wouldn't work very well on a phone. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think so. But yeah, cool concept. But let's talk about what happens in this music video, which is like 
a bunch of stuff, bunch of bunch of imagery. Yeah, a lot of imagery. Pretty cool looking imagery, and I think the idea for the most part is kind of showing that difference between the being older, but also the things that you did when you were younger. Right, because we open up with him one walking through a like a junkyard, a scrapyard for cars, or walking to it. Yeah, uh, one of them, of course, being an American flag, which uh, I mean can't get much more obvious than that. Yeah, <laughs> in, terms, in terms of symbolism. Yep. Uh, and then him watching cartoons on a uh, TV at some house party. Right. Very like in a pool full of cereal. Oh, I actually didn't. Yeah, he is in a pool. Which I mean, yeah, that's definitely like associated with children watching yeah. cartoons and eating cereal. See, a lot of it is him walking around this party. Um, we see this woman in a red shirt singing yeah. some of the lines. Who I think is one of the band members. Yeah, Zoe sure. Manville. Zoe Manville. Which I believe means that she's the mother of the little girl in the song. Okay. Um, I think. I actually haven't confirmed that, but that's... that's hey, I, sure. I believe that's the case. <laughs> I'll believe it, Alex. I didn't just say that out of nowhere. I'm pretty sure I read that, but now I'm second-guessing myself. No, confidence. Yeah, definitely true. Um, definitely true. Okay. And yeah, she mouths the lyrics. Yeah. And there's so a topless Barbie, which I thought was a mermaid at first, but now I see the other leg. The problem is they're camo pants. Right, so you can't so actually it's easy to legs. miss. That's right. Yeah, this uh, is like a real, like, Alaskan fucking backwoods Yeah, party. it's like a very wooden building, like wooden floorboards, yeah. like old kind of cracked wooden floorboards and, and like, lights. So... It, I mean, I've never been to Alaska, but I imagine this is what all the bars look like. Yeah, this is, I'm pretty sure, what every building looks like in Alaska. And they're just kind of dancing, and he's wearing socks with his sandals and... Yeah. Stuff like that. So, yeah, we got a guy uh, blowing on a blunt. I assume it's a blunt. It could just be a cigar. Uh, yeah, so, for example, this moment where he pushes on this guy and then gets punched out. And that's... just fucking dies. Yeah, it just fucking dies. So at that moment, you click on the thing and it says, like, have difficult conversations. And so, so some of the, the imagery is, like, loosely connected to the, to the, the things you're clicking on. Yeah. Or the, so I think the, the video was built with those in mind. Yeah, he dies, becomes an outline. Um, and then we're in the dark here, and we eventually get to the dark uh, car yard again. But it's nighttime instead of daytime. Yeah, eventually. and then... He dances and stuff, but you also see, like, there's some people, like, well, I mean, I was going to say making out in the car, but they might be having sex in the car. I don't know. I believe it could just it be making out in the car. It's sex. It's steamy. They're steaming up the window. Because that's definitely a click moment. Yeah, so when this guy in a sax first, before we get to the sax. Oh, yeah, I missed the, miss, miss, miss the sax. Um, you click on him, and it's, like, support uh, undocumented artists or something like that. So Okay. This this video is like a, a loose loose collection of images that call to specific causes of the time, and probably yeah. still. I mean, this was only five years ago, so probably still relevant. <laughs> quite a yeah. few of them. Steam it, so they're steaming up the car. Steaming up the car, steaming and the then car. we get a shot of, of the suits on motorbikes. Yeah, which who they might be a rabbi and a minister. Ah, uh, I'm pretty sure there's a yamaka on. Oh, that guy does look like he's wearing a yarmulke. So that's why I say that. Um, and yeah, they're on like choppers. 
So some imagery showing like older people, but with like things associated with rebellion. Yeah, but then one of them flips the people off. Afterwards. He does. So but he also might be like a faker kind of thing. Like they might be co-opting the yeah. imagery. Um, yeah. Tell me, is that soldier with the baby mask jacking off? <laughs> Do you have a timestamp? Uh, one twenty-seven. <laughs> he is kind of shaking his arm. Um, it's possible. Yeah. But there is a guy in a baby mask, just kind of dancing, yeah. or maybe masturbating. Yeah, doing moving. Dancing later for and sure. And then he eventually dances. Yeah, we got we got a different baby mask, I think. And there's also a pig mask. There's a lot of like wacky stuff going on. Yeah. Snowing at one point. Old, yeah, you we know, got some old news on televisions. Yeah, old like tube monitors, CRT yeah. stuff happening. And then suddenly we shift to some some people of color singing it instead of uh, Gourley over here. Yeah, and then at and then, the end, actually, mm-hmm. no, I'm not quite at the end. We got to talk about the info wars on fire. Yeah. Um. So there, yeah, you get a uh, a sick sick guy doing we're holding seek, it up I a think. newspaper. I think right. it's actually sick. Okay, uh, I guess I've always said seek, but I guess I don't. I don't know. I've now realized. Because I remember hearing people say, well, it's not actually Seek, it's Sick. Okay. But we say Seek because we think, uh, like, because when we say Sick, it might actually even be both looking at the, I don't read um, fucking phonetic pronunciation, so yeah. I'm here well, looking at the, I feel the Wikipedia. Like, like, I feel like we should spell it differently in English if, if that's the pronunciation. <laughs> but I guess it's... Well, it's not like there's a fucking Q in there, Alex. It's True. Uh, <laughs> True. I guess that depends on your dialectic pronunciation or whatever. Dialectic? Yeah. That might not be the right word. Let me hit the Google pronunciation. Yeah. So British people pronounce it seek. What about you Americans? Also seek. Oh, listen, dog. I'm out here just trying to be extra woke. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Anyway. He's burning a thing. He's burning it, and it's a, it's a newspaper that says Infowars Info on it. Infowars, of course, being the the quote unquote news publication of Alex Jones, yeah, who uh, saw this, got upset about it, and called the he called Portugal the man pro Soros, a pro Soros band. Soros being uh, fuck George Soros. This, yeah, what's his deal? He's allegedly like. There's some conspiracy theories about him, like, maybe controlling or trying to control the world. I actually don't know the specifics. I think a big right. part of it is, like, he's Jewish and, like, they don't like that. Yeah. And he's wealthy. And maybe, I don't know what the allegations are, honestly. Right, so it's anti-Semitism bundled up in uh, conspiracy theory. Nothing new there. Um, yeah, so you call him pro-Soros and also a communist band based on this. I mean... Is that an insult? <laughs> I, it is when you your your info wars. I guess. I guess that's the idea. It's like maybe I don't know. It's like yeah. Uh, but apparently it was just this is just a friend of theirs. This is just a guy they know, and they're like, "Hey, you want to be in the music video?" He's like, "Yeah, sure." They're like, "Here, hold this newspaper." So <laughs> and he, <laughs> he just, just set it on fire. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, of course, uh, Alex Jones also took took offense to it being a person of color burning up the newspaper. So. Yeah, I mean, he takes offense to a lot of things, but that's kind of his deal. So yeah, he, that's, he that's shouts about deal. stuff. But yeah, just a fun little controversy that arose from this video. 
And that's like most of the imagery here. We kind of uh, we kind of rotate through it. Um, you said there was something about the ending, Alex. Well, just that like once the music cuts out, there's some they're watching the the a TV, the TV and, some and sound. it says "fight back, fight it says back, fight back, fight back." So mature TV watching. Yeah, <laughs> but it's also like it, I yeah. don't specifically know what it's footage of, but it's clearly like a protest. It's still that 1930s cartoon he's watching at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. It's just that's how things were in the 1930s with like that's fucking right. Betty Boop or whatever. Yeah, Betty Boop telling you to fight back. Boop, boop, be doop, fight back. Is that what she sounds like? I don't know. Beats me. Beats me. But you know what, Alex? We got cover versions to talk we about. We do. We have a lot of cover versions. Even though my recording says it's been an hour, it hasn't been an hour because yeah. we stopped for like 10 minutes. Yeah, I'm at the 55-minute mark, and that'll okay. be like... we stop for like five minutes. Stop for about five minutes. Um, Let's talk about Zhu in 2017. I'm a rebel just for kicks now. I've been feeling it since 1966 now. Might be over now, but I feel it still. Ooh, I'm a rebel just for kicks now. Let me kick it like it's 1986 now. Might be over now, but I feel it still. Yep, let's talk about Zhu. Um... Same artist who did those remixes for the Pokemon 25 album. Oh, that's where I recognize the name. Uh, his full name is Steven Shu. That's right. And uh, according to his Wikipedia page, he's been active since the beginning of 2014 and remained anonymous until mid-2014, which doesn't seem like that long to me. Yeah, that's just called Nobody Knew Who You Were. Yeah, <laughs> but he wanted to be judged on only his music. Um, right. But yeah, it seemed like they did the reveal pretty quick, if that was your intention. Yeah. It's uh, funny because yeah. uh, a New York Times, I think, quote, compares him, it says he might be like the next Daft Punk. Yeah. New York Observer. New York Observer. Don't know who they are. And then, are. yeah, he was anonymous for all of maybe six months. <laughs> yeah. So, cool. Um, seems to kind of, like, he doesn't cover up his face, but he's got, like, sunglasses and, like, he tilts his hat down in this one picture I've seen of him. Okay. So, I don't know if that's intentionally kind of covering up his face or not. Yeah, hard to say. Um, but it's a remix. It's a remix version. That's correct. Um, so lots of synths, lots of layers, and it does use the original vocal part, but it like speeds it up. That's right. So it's fast, but it's longer because there's like, um, dancey sections. Dancey sections. And he chops up. He really focuses on the might be over now, but I feel it's still lines. Yeah. A lot of repetition there, which I guess that's the title. Makes sense. Yeah, so I, I think it's a good focal point for it in terms of a remix. Mm. Focus on the feel it still. But it's quite, it's quite different because, like, the bass line is all different, only, like, synth riff and stuff. And it really yeah, focuses on this one short guitar riff. Very short, like, loop of a guitar riff. Yeah, this... Yeah, even with, a, like, it kind of, like, rakes it. Like, it does, like, a slower strum. Yeah. kind of loops that the whole time or most of it. Yeah, for most of it, it, it gets lowered in the cuts mix. Out, cuts yeah. out a bit when there's like a synth solo. Yeah, so there's almost like that blues rake. I, I'm calling it a blues rake. Sure. I, I feel like it sounds bluesy. I feel like the guitar sounds like it's trying to, in the same way that the original song grabs a melody from 1960 to anchor the chorus, he's trying to anchor the song a bit with a, a kind of bluesier guitar riff. Okay, because I think I think the approach that people should take with this, I'm I'm giving a theory of what would make a good cover of this song. Because frankly, some of these covers this week I'm not that impressed with. But I think pulling on 
older styles of music is what the song demands. Because it's kind of about the past and the present coming together. Yeah. I don't really pick up on the blues thing. I might be stretching with this one. Other ones will have a more obvious call to that era. Yeah, there's definitely some further throwbacks. Um, but yeah, I I didn't love this one. Um, I don't know, uh, just because like the original, like I said, has like a couple like novel things it does that are they kind of keep it interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't find this one as interesting in its like small pieces. Yeah, I think there's less variation. It goes on just about a minute longer, right? Yeah. So you've given us a less exciting version that is also removed from the core of the two things. One, rebellion, and two, fun. Like, the first version is also fun. Like, the original is a fun song. True. Because you're a rebel for kicks. That is true. Whereas this one is, it goes for a little darker edge on it. Like that bass line is boom, like it's playing on the heavy end. But so we miss out on the funness and we're missing out on the energy of rebellion. I mean, that makes sense to me because it, it definitely backs up my uh, thoughts about this. So, well, sure. That's, I mean, that's what we're here to do. I'm on board. Um, I like the they reference the the downward uh, pattern and they got a little digital synth on it in this. Sounds yeah, cool. that is that is a cool sound. Um, does that a couple of times? Um, and I was thinking about I watched uh, there's like an interview with Paul McCartney on Disney Plus McCartney one two three. Right. I've been watching. He was talking about speeding up tracks and how it, like if they sped it up with this one way it would shift everything up an octave. I guess mm. double the speed probably. I assume. Um, it's just funny because I was thinking about this and now they did this and it's like speeding it up but not like sh- hugely shifting the pitch and making it sound like chipmunks. Right. Um, I don't know, man. Technology. In isn't fact, it, yeah, sometimes they nice? speed it up and then pitch it down. Yeah. Which uh, is like, it's like cool. That's true. They do have some down-pitched ones. Uh, but it's mostly up. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of all I have for this one, because <laughs> that's all I got out of it. Yeah, I'm going to say if they focused on what I'm saying, bring the 60s back into it, and maybe 1986 as well, you'd get a better uh, remix going on. I think it was surfable, and it's, it's 2017, so this is the same year the song came out. Yeah, like right after. Yeah, it's probably remixed pretty quick, so yeah, not bad, all things considered, but not standout. Um, Here's some standout music for you, though, Alex. Revelries and Henry Purnell in 2018. Revelries and Henry Purnell. Um, yeah. Is Revelries a production duo from Dubai that are based in the Netherlands? That's correct. That's Dubaian music duo. What I got. I wasn't sure who... Uh, Henry Purnell. I mean, I, I actually did look him up. Kind of like... He has a lot of like stuff on Instagram and stuff. He's like a true Zoomer. He does he's, arts and crafts yeah, and also like music. <laughs> very active on social media for... Um, you know, self-promotion. That's how it goes. I guess he does have yeah. quite a bit of information. Strategically driving their career to maximum. 
In times in which crafty pop stars with cheap PR vocabulary are strategically driving their career to maximum, even the greatest idealists find it increasingly difficult to fully believe in the integrity of an artist who pretends to just be a super spreader of good vibes. It's not a good time to be talking about super spreaders, Henry Purnell. I mean, that's got to be why they put it, right? They... Are they just I don't putting, know. Are they just like happen to say super spreader? I don't think so. English is not his first language. He's from Munich, uh, so hmm, tough to know. Tough to know anyway, for sure. He's an he idealist. He wants to reach people with his music, though. Yeah, and try to make them happy That's with what his he songs. Um, what I thought this was after the last one was another remix where they actually pitched the vocals down. <laughs> but it's not it's his vocals but he's kind of seems to have pitched them down well yeah have that particularly in the start there. Well, definitely at the start and i don't know maybe he just sings that low i didn't look him up it would have been a good idea yeah um, i will say there is such an alteration even on his regular vocals yeah that i don't know if he's a good singer or not I mean, that's kind of the style these days, especially with these social media types, right? Like, it's right. very polished. Everything is sanded down. That's just kind of the... I mean, not even just with them, but it's more obvious with them because they don't have, you know, as uh, much access to the, you know, really, really uh, good producers. Because Sure. I don't know if this is so much polish, because I know the, like, the sanding down approach to me, but this is just, like, altered for uh to achieve a, a non-human sonic effect yeah i guess rather so. than to to come off as more as like more skilled than you are yeah because it, it, it is, is like, like a real... not being passed off as just he's really good yeah it's not like you said it has that kind of down pitch on it the whole time but it's less than right in that intro yeah it's almost like he is uh you know like a half robot person like half of his face is metal and the other maybe half he's the next death flesh he might be the next Daft Punk. Uh, but that, yeah, so like, I cannot gauge the vocals here. I will say, in the context, I think they serve. Their per- I think they serve fine. I think they're doing okay here. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, this one is sort of, it's basically just trot pop, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it gets very trot there. poppy. They whistle the melody. Now, is the while. whistle, uh, is that a move from 2018? I feel like I've heard it in I, other pop tracks of that era. I don't know. I asked Grant I mean, about this, and she couldn't really pin anything tap, down only either. Only because, like, whistling has been a thing in For songs. Time. You know, throughout history, but I, I don't know birds. if there was a trend in 2015. <laughs> yeah, since we found birds and we're like, oh, I wonder if I can do that. It just kind of like something hit with me where I was like, I've heard this exact same, like we got the trot pop synths and we got the whistle in the back here. I think they kind of go together. Yeah, I think there is something about I, it that I, goes I, together. I agree with you. I, I wish I could think of something off the top of my head because that, that sounds true to me, um, but I can't like back it up. Yeah, the closest example I could think of is that they whistle in Pumped Up Kicks, but that's like 2010. Yeah, that's so that's earlier. <laughs> Oh, yeah, just a touch. Uh, and also, that's not a trop pop hit, so it doesn't really play into my thesis here. Yeah. But I will say this. Whistling, it's got some old school vibe to it. I think it sounds great True. in this. Whistling is a little old school. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty solid whistle going on. It's actually not I that difficult to whistle. Um, Speak which for is yourself, good. Alex. Sometimes, I mean, no, I mean, <laughs> if you know how to whistle, it's not too difficult to pick <laughs> this, this one up. This segment is not hard it to whistle go super if high. you know how to whistle. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I'm not saying whistling is easy. I would not say whistling is easy. Birds it's, do it. I <laughs> didn't, fucking birds do it. Why can't you? Um, I didn't learn to whistle until I was um, 27. So, 
Okay, 20 that's fair. Six. Okay, Alex. Twenty-one, two. You whistled it too. All right, we get. I've it. been You're whistling since I was, um, you know, uh, could breathe. That's right. The first thing I did was I whistled. I instead of crying, the doctor slapped me, and I started whistling. <laughs> um, uh, it just shifts the structure around a little bit, just a little yeah. bit. Um, in that, uh, it it shifts the chorus out from between uh, the second and third verses, and just kind of like melds those together a bit and right. then does extra well the whistling part kind of does an extra chorus basically before the second verse so that's right a little little different structure um but overall it like stays pretty like stripped down and kind of like that ambient sound like you were yeah. saying it, it works with the way the vocals are done because it's all kind of bizarre mm-hmm. it's spacey and the drop choppy and yeah and choppy once we hit the the verse the drop pop drop of the synth is the drop pop drop <laughs> drop pop is drop. almost a surprise <laughs> yes it, it's not from the start but it, yeah, it comes in and it's like uh makes sense so yeah, yeah. It, it like works fine in that in that aesthetic it definitely commits to the aesthetic yeah and I think a, a trouble that people run into with this song, some of the covers, is that I don't think they know what the song is about. Yeah, because it's easy to hear as just a bunch of uh, word salad. Mm-hmm. And so I think by roboticizing his voice a bit, we do get to take some of the weight out of those vocals, which I think plays to their advantage here. Because they don't need to support the... They don't need to support it. It's... And you you punch the lines that sound tight. You get the break around, I can feel it still. And we go like, oh, yeah. And then the whistle comes in. You're like, this is sick. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we're going to talk in a couple versions about somebody who just puts a whole lot of heart into nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I thought this one was kind of cool. I feel like a little formulaic, a little just of the 2018 era with that trop pop drop. But... (laughs) Uh yeah, I mean it didn't light my world on fire. I was like fine with this one, but there's some that I just was like not liking. But this was like not not it wasn't those. This, yeah, this one was pleasant. Was, um, was all right. You want to talk about sanding down though, Alex? Let's talk about pentatonics, pentatonics. in 2018. We know the pentatonics. Or just like the acapella group. Yeah, they're they're a very popular acapella group. They do a lot of covers and a lot of Christmas albums. Specifically. A lot of Christmas albums. Um, but this is uh, neither of the. Well, I mean, it is one of those actually. <laughs> um, it is a cover. It is a cover. Um, all your all your acapella classics are here. A little ba-doom, 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 yep. ba-doom. Yep. Bass guy. They do some clapping and snapping. Maybe clapping and snapping. I don't know actually if it's both, but. One of those things. Body percussion. Hand percussion. <laughs> but not oh, hand the, drums. The hand percussion, but not hand uh, drums. Just slapping your hand. Or hands. S- something that birds can't do. <laughs> Suck it, birds. Uh, that's what music is all about. Showing up birds. Oh, we're trying to one-up birds. Um, that's why music was invented. Um, I would say generally about this version, it's just a very straightforward acapella cover like sounds like an acapella version of feel it still yeah to me nothing delineates this or distinguishes this from collegiate acapella yeah i mean maybe the production 
but Maybe. they have that more and more in the collegiate acapella. So, yeah. Yeah. Here's, here's some other things I'll say. Uh, drum guys always get a bit of respect from me because... Beatboxing is cool? Yeah, beatboxing is cool. It's, you know... At least that has other <laughs> uses. Yeah. I guess not that singing doesn't, but regularly you're like, we need a boom, ba doom, doom guy on the track. Let's, it's just not something that comes up. Yeah. Um, I think their their strong point here is um, the Is It Coming section, the bridge. The bridge, yeah, because they do like a canon and it starts to bring back some of the old stuff, which is kind of thematically appropriate in terms of talking mm-hmm. about the past because the old thing's coming back. Um, but yeah, they're doing like the bridge and the chorus and the verse kind of all on top of each other. Yeah. And then they come together on the might of Hadger fill. I can feel it still. That's, and then we get a drum fill from the guy. That is, that's good. Yeah. Listen, I don't like acapella. That section is solid. Give me the rest with that level of energy. This is an energetic song, but what we get is like a sanded down, like bare minimum fucking pentatonics cover. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, there's not a whole lot going on here. There's a few like little bits uh, of of um like acapella things, you know. There's moments where they're like ba 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 ba, but it's like not too much because if they just did that in the middle of a verse and that was the main focus, it would be very cheesy. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's little bits on the end of lines, but it's not much really to me. Yeah, especially because with acapella, you have the ability to harken back to. Again, like nostalgic music, like 50s, 60s. The Marvelettes themselves are, are group singers. Yeah, I'm surprised. I mean, there might be more versions that do this because there's quite a few covers of this, but you'd think those are the, the acapella group would be the ones to do the, like, please, Mr. Postman style version of this song, you know? Yeah, give me that or give me like a doo-wop version in acapella. That'd be cool. That would be cool. And now I'm regretting this. There is actually a Scott Bradley's postmodern jukebox cover, but I didn't put it on because I never put those on. Yeah. It's a rule of mine. Yet, but it might that's kind of what we're asking for. <laughs> this is kind of what we're asking for. And it, it, it seems to be what the song demands. But uh, fuck Scott Bradley. Yeah. Fuck Pentatonics. Here comes Alyssa Reed. Comes Alyssa Reed. Uh, Canadian singer-songwriter from Edmonton. That's right. That's right. Um, apparently born in she Edmonton. was born in Edmonton. She was raised in like Ontario somewhere. Yeah, Edmonton, uh, I think. Apparently, um, was on a talent show called The Next Star, which was on YTV, YTV. which I think I kind of <laughs> remember happening. Uh, because I don't it was like it. only because well, I mean, it was early, but like there were a lot of like um, um, American Idol was huge at first, and there was like a Canadian Idol, and obviously American Idol itself was a spinoff from a European version. Mm-hmm. But you know, the talent show thing became popular for a hot minute. That's right. I mean, it still is popular, but it was their... like everywhere, and I yeah. think I vaguely remember that happening, but I never watched it. It was just like a younger version of the singing talent show. Yeah. And this and is like a... She was, uh, she was on it, and she's kind of done okay for herself, I guess, from there. Yeah. She br- she briefly uh, adopted the moniker Ashes. A-S-H-S, all capitals. I don't know if you're supposed to say it as Ashes, or if you're supposed to say it a different way, but... <laughs> <laughs> she's not French. 
yeah, she she briefly operated under that. This is like a real like soft indie cover. It kind of reminds me of some of the tracks off of the Pokemon 25 album, weirdly enough. Like Wonderful a bit and that one about going to the art show. Oh yeah. <laughs> um it's very close mic, which made yeah. me think of like um I I guess I would say Billie Eilish, but I think at this point in time it would have been like a Lana Del Rey thing. Okay. I think if I if I'm remembering my things right. Right around the time Eilish was coming out, right? 2018 was bad guy. Yeah, I think she would have had some stuff, but I think it would have been this would have been a bit early. I think. Right. Um. But (sighs) I don't know. I I feel weird because like I was reading the description of her, and it said that she has a singular vocal style, which. I was listening to her other songs, um, and and I don't know if that's true, uh, but this kind of EP has this particular sound to it, and her other right. stuff sounds quite different. Okay, interesting. In terms of how she's actually singing. This is like her close mic EP. Right. Um, anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting. That is kind of interesting. Um, yeah, it's a very like soft indie kind of pop vibe on it. Sort of yeah, well, lots of lots of synth. Yeah, um, I would even say it's approach like a lot of the sounds I would say are chill, but I don't yeah. think it is overall. Just because mostly the drums, the drums are a little heavy for chill. I would say so, and the uh, just the uh, the attack and decay on the synth is very bouncy. It does have boom, a bounce boom, to boom. it. But it's also like the sound itself is kind of a dullness to it. It's soft and dull. Yeah, yeah. you're right. That, I mean, it's it's approaching chill, but I don't think it it, it is that. Yeah, close. it's like a it's re, it's like re, it's not chill, but it's it's yeah, you're right. It's adjacent to it. Yeah. It's I found this version kind of similar to Revelry's one, but for different real reasons, mildly pleasant. Not overwhelmingly like, wow, but I was like, that's yeah, that's kind of nice. Not something that'll blow you away, but it's like, uh, it's got some decent synth sounds on it, and like, also kind of based around, well, I guess this is more similar to the the Ju version, but like mm. based around a, a short riff that it repeats throughout. It has like a bass synth that just plays like, dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun, that pretty much is playing the whole time. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And then like a staccato synth that plays a little higher. Yeah. And then we get, like, synth sweeps into different sections. Um, yeah, so, like, again, I feel like, I don't know, and maybe it's just because I'm constantly comparing it to the original, but the original had these, like, novel things that you could really latch onto, and thus far, we haven't really had another version that yeah. does something with that, even though they've actually changed it quite a bit. They haven't, like, maintained that no- level mm-hmm. of novelty. I think they really missed, have kind of missed the heart of the song. Which I think is also hard to glean from the original, but like the idea of rebellion is really at the core of it. It's not like what the chorus line just suggests that it's just a, a fun, playful song. There's theoretically a little grit behind it. It asks some big questions, and it has like the original has big energy delivery and builds in it. And people yeah, seem these to more that. laid back stuff is mm-hmm. um, missing out on that. Yeah, we really take the fire out of out of the word rebel here, right? It's there's like that's <laughs> mm-hmm. a that's a weighted word. You can't just chuck out rebel and and be like, well, it's it's chill to be a rebel. It's like it's there's there's energy to it. It's kinetic. It's a it's, it's the revolution, man. It comes around. It comes around. <laughs> comes back around. And we're coming back around to some whew, some Hannah Dorman in 2018. Hannah Dorman. Ooh, I'm a rebel just for kids. 
Yeah, so this is the slow guitar version. Oh, also, is, Hannah Dorman is from the UK. Yeah. Another, like, London. YouTuber, TikTok um, performer. Performer. Apparently discovered by Universal on a playlist, at least, in 2017. Um, I, I don't know if we've ever talked about over-singing the way we're about to talk about it now, but holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, like, this, like, turns it into a lament. Yeah, she's yeah really, and it, the, she does that thing in her lines where she like kind of squeaks. Yeah, <laughs> keep my hands keep, to myself. Yeah, she's really singing, really going for it, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I tend to not like this style of cover. This sort of, I mean, slow, sad acoustic cover. Yeah. Which is essentially what it is. Sure, yeah. Um, but did I find... I, there were a couple things about this version I, I yeah, liked. I found some good um, moments in here. Mostly some of the guitar. Yes! When it's not just strumming. I liked those moves. Um, and actually, the, the recording itself is like... I would say lo-fi, but I think it's just like not as professional and and polished mm-hmm. which i kind of liked just the sound because like it sounded kind of raw you know yes and i think that's something that the song supports and and like gives room to mm-hmm. but other than that it was kind of uh kind of not an interesting version kind of not an interesting one um just yeah the and it really with that over singing like we'll talk about uh you know the the jew version or the revelries in henry purnell where the vocals are there, but they're they're moved through at such a pace that you don't have time to think about it. <laughs> yeah. Whereas this one, you go like, Hannah, I don't know if you know <laughs> what you're saying means, because I'm listening to the words, I'm listening to the presentation of it, and there is no connecting fiber. There's nothing to suggest any actual meaning behind it. Yeah, other than, like, she's sad about something. It doesn't seem to quite... Match yeah. up. She's pushing on a pull door with all of her might, and it's just like, yeah. I'm like, no she's motion. trying. <laughs> you can yeah, respect you can that, tell. but it's like, uh, you kind of started out wrong. Yeah. In the wrong place. But I do like, yeah, like you said, the non basic guitar. I like that. And again, to think about the Revelries version, if you brought in a little whistling on this, <sighs> we'd have something. That might, that might help. That might help a little bit. But yeah, that's your two big things on this, is overall not very good. Some of the guitar stuff, pretty good. Yeah. Next version by Cubot Records and Max Gutler? Gutler? I, I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, he's like German or something. Yeah, 2019. He is. Uh, he's German. So the Cubot Records is also German. They're a musician network founded in 2017. They create rock and acoustic covers and kind of team up with, I guess, local musicians to to do the vocal parts. Yeah, and they have a line in there about like not wanting to produce or what do they say? They claim to like, tackle generic, pop, generic songs. pop songs, and it's like, why would you fight generic pop songs when making generic acoustic covers? Yeah. 
or rock and roll covers. Or generic, which this one does, unfortunately, fall into just being very generic rock. Yeah. Um, I guess, were there some things about this one that I thought was okay? I think they, they have drums, a great... Kind of like the drums. Yeah, drums are good. I yeah. think they have a good sense of building energy, but they have no sense on delivering a climax. They have all of these hype-up moves right off the bat, that boon in and in and in and in yeah. on the guitar. Like, they're like, okay, we're going to get too hyped up. Very, we're like, hyped overdriven up. on the guitar. Yeah. Immediately, we have energy here, which, good good call, boys. This is an energetic song. But what the, what the original delivers is a chorus that that gives you that release. We get the horns come in. We sit into the, the melody of Mr. Postman. We have something here. It's, we just continue that build. Like it's actually the same guitar going through that chorus. <laughs> and then like organ comes into like also punching. You're like, where yeah. are we going? There's a lot of stuff. It's that, uh, it's that like SNL sketch of like, when will the beat drop? <laughs> it just never drops. It just never drops. Yeah, it's it's also kind of a weird. There's a few weird things. I guess this isn't that big a deal. He says grav gravity digger. Yeah, he is. Uh, um, English is not his first language, which is like fine, but also like that. <laughs> they, they, you could listen to the original song. I don't know. Is it because he thinks it needs to fill the same same space as Babysitter? Oh, maybe, maybe it's a, a rhythmic thing. And like, fine, I guess if that's his, the way he does it. Um, but there is another thing he does later on. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, this is not a complaint, this is just an observation, uh, for the love is an abyss for my heart, but he says it like, your love is an abyss for mama my heart. Mama my heart. <laughs> love is an abyss for mama my heart, which sounds like, do you know the song Youngblood by Five Seconds of Summer? Oh, okay, that's why you were listening to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do um, know that song. Where they say, the pushing and pushing and pushing away. It sounds like that line from that song, which okay. plays at the gym a lot. Interesting, but uh, probably not what they're referencing here. I don't know. Um, but this song does carry some ideas that I thought were good. Verse two brings in a kind of bluesy riff. Um, verse up. two, yeah, yeah, the new guitar riff, yeah, yeah. That's like sometimes kind of following the melody. Yeah, and almost hits like a surf rock progression of that, like. I wish I could. I should have timestamped it. Uh, second verse is forty-eight seconds. Yeah, it's like a, a like a grungier surf rock pro, pro progression. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of distortion on this. And I thought, hey, that was a great idea if we could highlight that and make it more of a callback. Like surf rock again. We're talking the '60s yeah. here. And then Let's they bring don't. It in. They the third verse goes back to their like long distorted chords. That's right. So they. Uh, I mean, it's more intense, like you said, more drums than, like, organ and stuff. Mm-hmm. Last week, we talked about, uh, what was the band? The, uh, they had the Beatles intro, and then it was... Oh, yeah, and then it was just, like, nothing. Bonfire. Bonfire. Yeah, this is that without the Beatles intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, di- I did say this. Yeah, not really all that interesting. Um... Except for some weird stuff. They're, okay, there's there's a moment, another moment I wanted to point out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a joke. When they're doing the Is It Coming repeats. Right. Uh, right around two minutes. There's like, I think, cricket sound effect. Which is kind of funny. They're like, oh, we're just right. saying the same thing over and over again. <laughs> crickets. Is it going to yeah, It's either crickets or a synth that sounds alarmingly like crickets. But I have no idea if it's actually supposed to be a joke or not. I don't know. No idea. 
That is something they do. Yeah, and, and good on them for trying to rock version of it. It is the first rock and roll version we've heard of a, That's what true. is but definitely again lacking in that like novelty and interest mm-hmm. of the original and interest um we will get some novelty and interest but not quite yet first we had to go yeah. bat in 2019 go back oh did you see the bat! music video there's a music oh there's a music video for uh, for, for the cubot records one I it's not it that interesting lyrics video it is a music video it's mostly it's Shit. just them performing it though for the most okay, part. Tell me about it, Alex. Um, guy has a single humbucker stingray. It mostly f- focuses on the singer, which I believe is Max. Uh, mm-hmm. He's kind of wearing like a loose toque. Um, uh, there's one part where there's several of him, and then when he says walls come down, he pushes the two to the left and right down. Uh, okay. So they seem like they're having a lot of fun recording this. Yeah, they do. Which is cool. Um, but yeah, you get to see a lot of Max. And sometimes there's three of him. They're mostly just in a room, and they Play. Yeah, there's just a room. Yeah. I can't imagine wearing a toque indoors. It just gets too hot for me, you know? Yeah. This is not covering the ears. From it. Mm, it might be. Also, these dudes are young as shit. They're all like 10 years old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that is the music video. Yeah. I can't believe I missed that. But we're going to talk about Bat! Bat! In 2019. <laughs> Uh, which yeah, there's a lot of groups that are called like Bat or Bats or something. Yeah, but these are, I guess, a psychobilly group, like a like a rockabilly slash. Punk. Not just a psychobilly group, a psychobilly super group. Super group. Oh man, you got more info than I did. Uh, c- containing members of Necromantics, the Brains, and Stellar Corpses, and Razorex. Razorex. I didn't even think there were that many members in the band. I know there's three of them. I don't know how they have that many. <laughs> I guess some of them could be from multiple from bands. Multiple bands, yeah. Um, so it's basically like they've got this like rockabilly thing going on, but also like goth or possibly steampunk, depending on how you look at it. Uh, yeah, I watched a, a music video on their page, not for this song, but it really was like uh, like Batman, like the the old Batman show was the vibe. That makes sense. Yeah, kind of silly though. Yeah. Yeah, okay. No, I believe that. Punk slash goth, which I guess are related, plus rockabilly. No, that makes sense. Yeah, so that's... uh... Equals, like, Adam West Batman. (laughs) Yeah! I I didn't... I didn't... Hadn't done that math before just now, but no, that checks out. But it checks out, and they... I guess they come off as that? They've got a bit of that lo-fi energy. They do. They do, definitely. And it's... It does have an old-school sound. They've got, like, the rockabilly slapback... Mm-hmm. Uh, thing going on, but also like a lot of echo that I would expect from more gothic rock. Yeah, yeah um, very echoey voice. Yeah, which gives it kind of a surf rocky sound. Yeah, just a bit. Um, which I think works, but also, I mean, they're kind of a throwback thing, which works with the song. Yeah. But where they fail, because I guess, yeah, we talked about the two things we want from this song. A little bit of throwback and novelty. Sort of two, two opposing ideas. These guys hit the throwback. They miss the novelty. I, yeah, the the individual parts aren't really uh, that. I, I personally found like the sound fairly novel mm-hmm. for me, um, and it's not like one of the really long versions either. So, yeah, they they come in and out. They're only slightly longer than the original. Yeah. But, but yeah, uh, it is a lot of like guitar chugging with that like kind of rattly sound. 
Yeah. Old rock and roll stuff. Um, yeah, and they do the same thing both times. Second half, the chorus picks up. Uh, it is just like pretty tame. I think like tonally the sound is good and novel, but you need the actual like development within this, the course of the song, right? Yeah, it's pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do a ton of that build. Uh, I do find their aesthetic a very novel, though. Yeah, kind of fun. I'd probably see them live. Yeah, I mean, it probably wouldn't be very expensive, so that would no, that would like help. Five bucks, if anything. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they are a super group. They are a super... Oh, it might be ten bucks then. <laughs> <laughs> gotta pay an extra five for the super. We got one last act to talk about today, Alex. We do. Uh, um, The Holophonics in 2019. Ooh, I'm a rebel, just some kicks now. I've been feeling it since 1966 now. It might be over now, but I feel it still. Holophonics, which are a ska punk group. Yeah, from Denton, Texas. And uh, this is actually what this version has is kind of two things mm-hmm. that are related. And those things are ska. Yeah. Uh, and and <laughs> reggae. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, for the sec, which part? Second verse? Yeah, second. They, chorus? like, just slow it down. Second chorus. Yeah. And just like go kind of more reggae and then pick it up back again at the end. Yeah, they pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. They pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so this one has the novelty factor. They know to change things up and keep us interested. It's also the shortest version we're talking about today. I mean, they got two minutes and 20 seconds. Got a lot of ska energy. Mm hmm. Um, At least for most of it. Yeah, so it's vocals, boom, skanking guitar. So it's, it's it's sparse, but we've got the energy. Yeah, I don't know if it's actually... I said reggae. I don't know if it's technically reggae, but like basically they slow it down. That's my point. Yeah, they, they do like a, <laughs> a slower section where we, yeah, we kind of dip into a groove. There's some good bass work on this. Yeah, um, as get, we often get from, from ska. Yeah, they know how to do bass grooves in ska, and that's there's no exception here. Um, You get organ, you get horns. Yeah, it's, not it's, a ton of horns, though. They just come in a little no. bit. Just a bit. Do some do some accents on the end of the lines, you know. And I think they have like a trumpet and a trombone and a saxophone, so there's a lot of brass going on. Yeah. And uh, definitely, yeah, continues like good like novel adaptation to the like ska reggae punk thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the individual parts weren't necessarily the most novel, but like just the the structure of like, hey, it's ska now. Yeah. I think, yeah, because like a but lot of the part the is just everybody play the skank. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. okay, that's, that's fine. See, it thrives in the fact that it moves from the skank, but it is also good that it has the skank, if that makes sense. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to have it. Or else, what is it? Mm-hmm. Not ska. You got backing vocals. You got, like, it feels like a full production that is, yeah, maybe better than the sum of its parts, right? Yeah, I think that's a good way to way to say it because like I'm struggling to describe it as what I think it is. <laughs> like mm-hmm. and again, like last week maybe I just happened to enjoy ska punk. It could be that as well. And because uh, that will, seems to be more and more true all the time. I will say from like a genre association standpoint, ska punk is associated with fun. 
It's true. And also rebellion. If anyone is a rebel for kicks, it's white people intru- into ska music. That's yeah. <laughs> that's the demographic. Yeah, this one I wasn't expecting much from, but I think weirdly it, it it kind of threaded the needle. I think it landed the mark, and this is I guess I'm segueing into our final verse here. It landed the mark. I mean, this more. one has a music video as well. Shit, Alex. <laughs> also, mostly it's just them performing it. Like this is them recording it in a small room. Okay. The drums are clearly not in the videos. same room as them. It's fine. The guy has a bunch of Star Wars figurines on his wall. Okay. I don't see the keys anywhere, but they really mostly just play it in this room. Yeah, okay. That's a, that is a music video. Legally, technically speaking, that is a music video. Yep. And now we've talked about it, so we're going to get into our final verdicts here. we got three categories today. The worst version, the best version, and the version that would... Uh, the, let's do two weird categories. Oh. The, the version that sounds the most like the year 1966, and the version that sounds the most like the year 1986. Oh, jeez. Okay. How do you like that? Don't like it. Let's you do don't it. like it. That's too bad. What's the worst version, Alex? Worst version. Um, I think I gotta give it. I gotta give it to Hannah. Hannah Dorman. It's a rough I one. Just, you know, maybe it's easy, but I just really not into the style, and I, it didn't do anything for the song. No. A good choice, Alex. I'm gonna go with Pentatonix just to spread the spread the shit around here. Yeah. It's I it's cheap and easy for me to give it to an acapella cover, but holy man, there's just like it's just nothing there. Yeah, very very straightforward uh, cover. It it's I mean it's an acapella version. I would say I know a lot of people who would enjoy it because they like acapella, but you know a lot of people. Did I say a lot? You said a lot of people who would enjoy it. Oh. Well, I shouldn't have said a lot. I should have just said people. <laughs> How many acapella fans do you know? I, my, I think my Your parents, mom. My like, mom yeah. like this, is what I'm trying to say. That's what <laughs> I thought you, you were trying to say. <laughs> if your mom has made it this far into the episode, I'll be very impressed. Hi, Alex's mom. Um, <laughs> Alex, what's the best version of this, and why is it the holophonics? The best version of this? Yeah, I mean, I didn't enjoy the others all. Well, I mean, I... I enjoyed Bat and I enjoyed the Holophonics, I would say. Okay. I like as, to read in a weird as way. Covers. Um so I think I'm I'll 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 throw it to Bat. Alright. Because All right. um like I said, I, I, I found like the sound of it mm. to be to be something I liked. In similar way to I mentioned for um Hannah Hannah Dorman, I kinda like the way it was recorded because it sounded rougher. And Bat had that as well. Right. Um, but I actually liked the version more than Hannah Dorman. So that's, yeah, that's very fair. That's who I'm going to give it to. Fair. I'm giving it to the Holophonics. Good energy, good, good instrumentation. I like that it changes up the groove in the middle. Fun stuff. Alex, which one is the most 1966 sounding version? <sighs> most 1966. <sighs> Probably or not the really electronic ones. Um, no. 66? 66. Well, I mean, bat, right? Because they got it's the... Be bat. They've got the, they've the got whole throwback the, vibe. Yeah, the, the old school Batman thing going on. Yeah. You could, you could say pentatonics, but like, I don't think that type of acapella music was really in vogue in the 60s. Yeah, I mean, it's too, there's too much like production on it, I think. For mm-hmm. it to, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean it wouldn't fit, but 
I don't. I don't think so. It's, it's not what I think of when I, I mean, think we listened to remember we listened to some acapella from the '90s, and it was like terrible. Like it was very oh, yeah. amateurish. So I just, I mean, pre Glee, I just don't think there was much of a market for it. I think you're right. Um, yeah, I think Bat is the right answer for '66. I'm gonna put forward for '86. It's got to be Cubot Records and and Max Gutler because that's just like '80s cock rock. I think you're it's... right. <laughs> I think you're right about the rock. Um. But also, see, I'm trying to like think of an electronic one that would fit. But the electronic ones aren't really like 80s synth style. No, right? Revelries is so very like to the year. Like count the rings on a tree, you can pinpoint it as 2018. <laughs> yeah. And like. And then like, f- like Zhu's version? Also doesn't feel like yeah, it doesn't feel uh, it's more so. But again, like with that with that speeding up thing, like it would be Chipmunks if it was mm-hmm. <laughs> if it was eighty six. I think right, yeah. Um, the tech on display is is purely yeah, you couldn't it's get too it modern. There's a lot of very modern stuff in this, you know. Mm-hmm. And Sky, I don't think it really taken off. No, that that is like tinged in nineties. And I just can't think of another reason. I, I think I, I think it's got to... 86, you could probably start seeing at the fringes some ska. Because I think probably, no it effects existed. is... Uh, and yeah, it not. probably would have been early. Maybe yeah, no ska effects is was around since 1983, so ska, ska is actually is an acceptable answer. answer. Okay. All right, then that's got to be it. That's got to be it. That's a... Solid picks. Yeah. There we go. Holophonics. Um, that was that was fun to think about. Uh, that's the show, folks. That's been our main segment and truly our only segment. Well, we got there a minute at the top. One we of did. our two segments. Um, if you got a different opinion, similar opinion, want to talk to us about a version we didn't talk about, of which I think there's a few. <laughs> Hit us up on Twitter. Hashtag CoverMePod, at Jake the Cressy, at some Alex Wise Guys. Send us your comments, questions, concerns, recommendations for future episodes. You can also email those to us at CoverMePod at gmail.com. Talk to us there. Be sure to rate and review us. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcasting app, your second favorite one, maybe even your third favorite. Do you have, Does anybody have more than one favorite podcasting app? Hard to say. But, you know, tell your friends about us, too. Tell us where they, get, where they can find us and let us grow our little teeny tiny f- fan base, listenership, people who have heard us by accident. Come listen to us some more. And Love maybe now on purpose. Hey, maybe now on purpose. Um, that does it for today's show, and as we always say on Cover Me, ooh, Cover Me is just for kicks now. <laughs>